In a Rangers versus Boston Bruins game this past week, there was a fun little kerfuffle, a brouhaha, a gathering in front of the net where Brad Marchand got a little bit upset that Pavel Buchnevich had laid a finger on Patrice Bergeron. You so don't do you don't do that. You don't do that to Patrice. Uh, <laughs> so so he responds by cross-checking Buchnevich down to the ice, and then within like a half a second. <laughs> <laughs> Marshawn gets a much worse cross check to the back from Lindgren and he goes down real hard. Um, the irony of it is that Marshawn is the only one who gets a penalty on the play, even though like really his was every bit as bad as the one that he sustained. I don't know, I don't know if that's the irony. That's the beauty. Of it. And maybe it's the beauty. <laughs> I, think it's yeah. the beauty of it. I didn't even know he was here. Um, you know, he's not going to be a player. Um, he's going to have a, a very long career, so I'm not overly concerned about him. Why do you say that? Well, he's just, you know, he's, he's a good steady defenseman, but um, there's nothing that has, has come up in the past. So, um, you know, all the best to him. Hope he has a great job, but uh, can't see it. Is there history there? No, no, no. No, that's just not a very nice thing to say. <laughs> But it's what we come to expect from Marshawn. He never holds back. I think I think he, he I think he enjoys that kind of stuff and just taking shots at people. What I what I love does. it is clearly Lindgren was anticipating what Marshawn was gonna do, like because it was so instantaneous. Yeah, right. Oh, yeah. It wasn't like, oh, look what Marshawn did. Oh, no, he's like, I know that. where he's going. That was a beauty. That was a beauty. Yeah. And Twitter loved it for him. They oh, yeah. they did. Uh there was some random guy who said uh his well, his name's Clinton. And he quote tweeted the like, here's your replay instant karma for Brad Marchand clip of the actual play. And his quote tweet says, every single time that Gibbon at BMarch 63 gets leveled is one more step towards restoring balance in the force. Brad Marchand actually saw this because he tagged BMarch 63 and uh, he responded and said, please let me know where your chin stops and your neck starts. <laughs> I don't know of any other player who will chirp back at people on Twitter the way Marshawn does. Like he, he oftentimes will respond to people who call him out on Twitter. I don't know if that's healthy or if he if he gets some sort of sick joy out of it. But not a lot of players will read that stuff. It's, it's part of his lore. Story. I think we. Just I think gotta, it is. Yeah, he, he leans into it. I kind of like it. I'm in the heel. The heel uh, persona. It's a yeah. lot, and, and he responded to a couple other people too. It's it's just a lot of body shaming. This is it's 2020, Brad yeah. Marchand. Come on, he's still a dick. <laughs> <laughs> oh great, now who Sound of Hockey episode 74. You might think that we would call it the Ethan Bear episode because he's uh, kind of a, becoming a local legend, right? Based yep. on, uh, yeah, he played for the Thunderbirds. He now plays for the uh, the Edmonton Oilers. He's having a really good year. He fought Matthew Kachuk. Yep. Uh, you might say we would go with John Carlson, who's like one of the elite defensemen in the NHL. You might think we'd go with Jake DeBrusque. No, we're going... With Mark Borowiecki of the <laughs> Ottawa Senators, the because hero of Sound of Hockey podcast. I mean, he's one of those guys. Like, remember early in the year, who is the other guy on Ottawa that just kept popping up on the podcast? I don't even remember his name now, but Scott Sabarin. And uh, so it's it's like that, right? Borowiecki has appeared so many times on the podcast that we couldn't not name him when his number came up. We had Borocop. Yep, remember yep. when he he stopped that crime from happening in Vancouver while holding a bag of organic baby food? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep. Right. Uh, he was the one that interviewed the owner last year in <laughs> that, that just incredibly awkward, <laughs> painful thing. Uh, he has no front teeth, which is awesome. Uh, it just, you know, 
He's, he's, he's a legend. He's a sound of hockey legend. A sound of hockey legend. He's he's made it quite a few times, and now he's really made it because we've, we've we got his jersey hanging in the rafters here at the studios after him. That's we should get false, it. but maybe we yeah, we should. <laughs> uh, okay, so I am Darren Brown at Darren Fun Brown on the Twitter. Joined as always, well, most of the time by <laughs> Andy Eyed. Hello, Andy. How's it going? Almost missed again. Almost missed again. Uh, yeah. I'm at Andy Eyed on the Twitter. And John Barr. Hello, John. Hello, everyone. NHL2 Seattle on the Twitter. And we are coming to you from Bar Down Studios on a crisp, sunny day. Uh, beautiful morning. We're actually recording quite early today to make this happen for you for all. You. Because, yes, pod. John very kindly brewed me a nice cup of coffee and a cup that says coffee makes me poop. <laughs> so uh, I'm drinking that, which is nice. It's really adding to my day here. Uh, so, Andy, uh, we are recording so early this morning because it's been a little hard to squeeze this in with your schedule. Uh, but where have you been? You've been all over the place. Well, I am uh, currently four games, four days into a stretch of going to five hockey games in five consecutive days. So I have one more tonight, and then I'm going to sleep for a day. So okay. I started in Everett last Friday, Okay. and then I went to Kent to okay. see the Thunderbirds and the Giants, and then I went to Vancouver Sunday to see the Ducks and the Canucks. And then I stayed up there. I went to Langley to see the Thunderbirts play the Giants up there in Langley. And then tonight I'll be back in Kent to see the Moose Jaw Warriors. Okay. Against the Seattle Thunder. Yes. Yeah. So how are you feeling? A little tired. Okay. A little tired. Uh, Health-wise, like you're not, you're just tired, not getting sick or anything. No, no, I'm good. I uh, I don't really remember what happened Friday or Saturday. Oh. <laughs> but uh, I guess it's long ago. Oh, not because you drank too much happened. or anything no, like no, that. No, no, I was working on some of those games, but a lot of hockey in between then and now. So I did uh, all kind of blurs. About probably eight, nine years ago, I did a stretch of three game, three NHL games and three nights in nice. New York. Did all the New York. Games. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's cool. And uh, the guys I was with figured out that they could get to Philadelphia for a fourth game. <laughs> but I was like dead. <laughs> I was like sick. Now, keep in mind, I wasn't working, so right. uh-huh. I might have taken some liberties. Yes. So you don't remember Friday, Saturday for different <laughs> yeah, reasons. Yeah, for different yeah. reasons. I was miserable, though. I was like not. I was not. Well, I wasn't working Sunday. That was just for for you yeah, know, entertainment I know, purposes. I wasn't only. working all three days, and I still got sick. Yeah. <laughs> to put it in perspective, there's really no travel associated with going to those three places. <laughs> well, we did. <laughs> you're right. You're right. Yeah, totally. with, the, we did public transit the whole time, though, uh, like in getting out to Long Island. That's at the actually time. a pain. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it was weird. I remember you had to take like the the subway to the Long Island Railroad, and then when you got off the Long Island Railroad, you had to take like a 20 minute cab ride because there's not any public transportation that I, actually goes. I think there's like a bus, but it's like okay. a transfer, so like <laughs> it was it was uh, not good. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, enough about that. Let's get into the show. Hey, I want to start like the very first thing we talk about. Uh, Aside from the fact that we didn't have a review this week, which is very upsetting. Um, Disappointing. Yeah. (laughs) But today's Andy's birthday. Wait, today? Yesterday. Yesterday 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 was was. Andy's birthday. And we just don't want to make the mistake that John made about my birthday. (laughs) Uh, I can't report. I got a text from both of you yesterday. Mm-hmm. So happy birthday to thank Andy. You, thank you. Uh, also, his birthday present was to be banned from Twitter <laughs> for how long? Five days? Uh, it was like three days, I think. Banned is a strong word. Okay. I'm not sure that I was banned. What I did was, you do? As far as you know. I, I don't think I did anything. I got, I right. got, to, the, I got to the arena on Saturday and I logged into Twitter to interact with the people and uh, got a message saying that they're due to some suspicious login activity. You need to reset your password. You are suspicious. And there was a little button that said, start here to reset How your password. Was How was five days off Twitter? That well, must I'm, be I'm, a... So I, 
I pressed the button, but then it brought me to a screen that said, enter your username. I did that, and it said start. I hit start, and it hit me back to the original screen. So I was in this endless loop where at no point could I actually reset my password. So I had to <laughs> submit a help desk the ticket <laughs> with uh, Twitter, and I got an email saying, it'll take several days. Oh, my gosh. And so this morning, I woke up, and it said, here's your new password. Wow. So I'm back. But to wild. answer John's question, it was, it was unsettling to be without Twitter for three or four days, which I think is kind of sad. But I realized that that's where I go to get it to get a lot of like breaking hockey news and other news and i was like I, you know there was a few twitches where my arm would twitch and mm. <laughs> you know, i would constantly hit the twitter th- uh, logo on my phone to... you're on twitcher instead of twitter yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly it was a little unsettling but i'm happy to be back now everything feels right in the world now that's good it reminds me of uh there's a zach galifianakis uh, stand-up bit where uh, he does Van Gogh answering his cell phone, and he picks it up and holds it to his <laughs> ear and goes, oh, and then puts it down and puts puts it to the other ear because he keeps forgetting that he had cut off his ear. So yeah. uh, it reminds me of that, that you like, even though you know you don't have it, you still yeah. go and look at it like, oh, why am I? Oh, it, took me, it took me a good two days to stop doing that. <laughs> We might have a Twitter problem. Before we really get into any kind of things of substance, we just want to give a quick update that Jay Bomeister, and you've probably all heard this, but uh, because we closed last week's show sounding a little rattled about Jay Bomeister having that cardiac episode on the bench, uh, he is doing relatively well, it sounds like. They did a procedure to put something in his heart. Is it like a pacemaker? Is that what they... Defibrillator. Okay. To restore the heart's normal rhythm. Okay. And what does that mean i guess nobody's talking at all about like is is he somebody who can continue to compete well what that hasn't that hasn't come out yet uh you know it's something we kind of look for but in the grand scheme of things isn't the most important no not at all but so clearly they're not worried about it right now they're they're focusing on getting him healthy but heart procedures are relatively routine these days like i'm not they know what they're doing They've, Mm -hmm. they've got crazy technology around this stuff so they acted like it was no big deal, just putting putting a defibrillator to <laughs> in his heart to maintain his a, a regular heartbeat. Scary stuff though, because oh, the, they, the, they had to like paddle him with a yeah, defibrillator. Yeah, yeah. The report the is that his heart actually did stop. <laughs> yeah. So I yeah. mean, good job by the medical staff that was there to. You know, here's a like a little PSA, like for those of you who play okay. uh, hockey, kind of identify where the defibrillators are in the rinks. Right, um, it's probably not a bad idea, and it's pretty easy to to locate when you're not stressed in a situation looking for it and if you can save time who knows it might save a life i saw that on twitter and i'm just kind of sharing that psa it's actually a pretty good recommendation because i I don't know where they are i was having a conversation with phil varney who's the thunderbirds athletic trainer and this you know this this was of interest to him because that's kind of his world and he was telling me some interesting things so in every nhl game there's doctors very close to the bench i think the rule is they have to be within 50 feet and they have to have access to the bench both benches and so that's why they were able to respond so quickly to that incident. And he, he says that all trainers at all levels, so he, he goes to this every summer, they go to this convention in Vegas of all the athletic trainers for hockey, NHL, AHL, WHL, you name it. And they actually drill on these kind of situations. So they actually practice, like, what do we do when this happens? So it was mm-hmm. kind of fascinating. I didn't realize all that goes into the safety. And uh, the Blues had just put out a, a thing on their other webpage about the, all their doctors and emergency services just like yeah. a week before ironically about here's what we do it and obviously this was in anaheim but it was just interesting yeah. to, to see that and see how much goes into the player safety at every rink in the nhl yeah it's pretty amazing like you think of all the precautions and and that they do for these <clears throat> moments mm-hmm. right and being yep. ready for this moment so that you know you can have the best chance of survival in the situation and and they did yep. right so Amazing, amazing process and procedures that they had in place by the NHL. Yep. And it's at all ranks. Yeah. Um, do they have the same rules about 50 feet from the bench for the emergency goalie? 
<laughs> I don't think so. Oh, okay. Um, oh, hey, let's talk about some Seattle stuff. So first and foremost, is there a name? Do we have a name, John? Well, <laughs> another week goes by, another rumored <laughs> leak of the name. Uh, this just came, what you want to talk about. Yeah, this I don't think is getting nearly the amount of traffic that the Kraken was, but DetroitHockey.net Twitter account. Who is on top of all the Seattle rumors in Detroit. Yeah. Well, no, but what's what's some little history here. Back in like 2018, they researched and found a bunch of domain names, web yeah. domain names that the agency that was working for um, the Seattle franchise registered. And there, there's a lot that you, you've heard before, but there's like things like Cougars. And this week, he, the guy or the, the account realized that there had been an update to one of the domains. Okay. They, he doesn't know why or what. Um, There's like a renewal. Yeah. Or they did something on that website or what no, does that mean? More, more with the registration. So like on the GoDaddy site. Like okay. I'm not like saying they, sure, sure. They okay. their ownership of that domain. Got it. Like he just tweeted about it. Kind of like, I don't know what it means. Okay. Honestly. What domain was it? It's killing me. I just am Seattle dying. Seattle Renegades. Oh, okay. So, He's not. He's not coming out and saying yes, that. But it, somebody <laughs> ran with it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Another site ran with it and is trying to so search. Here's the rumors. leak of the name. And... Yeah, like oh, it's leaked again, and it's like well, not really. Uh, a leak. Okay, and <laughs> domain registrations are not really that public. Much of uh, like secretive. So yeah, they also can be fairly meaningless. Like I mean, they or swerve tactics or who yeah, the hell knows. I, I think right? I think you just do it just in case that's what you want to use. So you know what I want to say about this, and we're not going to dive too deep into it because this. I feel like we've already is... given too much. Divin? Divin? No, I like Divin. We've definitely Divin. Divin? Um, I think that I would love it if they came out with a name that no one has talked about. No one has talked about Seattle Renegades at all. It's like the Kansas City Shuffle from, remember the movie Lucky Number Slevin? A box office hit, obviously, featuring Uh, Josh Hartnett. It's a good movie. You should watch it. So Bruce Bruce Willis says this thing called the Kansas City Shuffle, which is where you make everybody look one way and then you go the other way. And it's like a full circle thing that ends up happening. It has a big impact on the end of the movie. So that's what it feels like to me is the Kansas City Shuffle, where NHL Seattle is making everyone look one way and look at all these names over here. But then actually they have their list of names that they actually want to pick, which no one is talking so about. I've always, I would love that to be the case. I've always thought that it's going to be a name we've never heard right. before, to be perfectly frank, because everything's so divisive everywhere else mm-hmm. and nobody can agree on that. So. Something like the Renegades is, you know, it's not. And now, funny thing is, I've seen the Reno Renegades play a hockey game. Oh, they were the WCHL was before the ECHL purchased them. Anyway, yeah, I think that's the 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 league that the Tacoma SaberCats. That's right. Oh, that is right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, the Boise team was in the Steelheads. Mm, Okay, have we picked that (laughs) enough? But so Seattle Renegades. Okay, so it is solid. Yeah, we still think it's a crap. We've been leaking that (laughs) for a year and a half. Why haven't these uh, leaking? Why haven't these sites picked up on that rumor and run with it? (laughs) Yeah, we've been talking about it. It's not really a leak. Um, Okay, so that's interesting though. And and again, I would love it if they came up with. Something that we haven't talked about, but uh, okay. Palm Springs, what is happening there? Because I see you have a note about the groundbreaking here. Uh, you had said it was going to be on the 18th. Is that not the case Which anymore? Is that is not the case. Okay. Um, oh, today is the 18th. The ground remains unbroken. <laughs> okay. So last podcast we reported that there would be a groundbreaking on February 18th. I hope people didn't ba- like book their plane tickets based yeah, on. Somebody asked me that. if I booked mine. I think you. Oh did. yeah, I did. That's right. <laughs> So it turns out that is not going to happen. Uh, late last week, 
um, there was a news story that said that the groundbreaking has been postponed mm. for extraneous, extraneous, extenuating, extenuating. circumstances. They've already divin into it and decided that <laughs> yeah. the extenuating <laughs> so, circumstances so, uh, are too much. Somebody reached out to OVG for a comment, and they they deferred all comments to the uh, Indian tribe down there. So okay. it looks like it's not happening this week. But no, not a lot of details. Serve? I don't know. I mean, what do you what do you guys think? I mean, it's that's, weird that there's no reason given. Like, actually, yeah, like, and like, oh, it'll be. Circumstances is yeah, and it vague. wasn't very definitive. Like, oh, it's definitely going to happen in the future. Now they did say delayed in the in the release. But, yeah, so. I don't know. Keep your eyes open for that area. The concern would be is that the longer this gets delayed, they would be ready to the go. Less likely they're able to go. So, I think in order to get to the bottom of this, we should all three go investigate in Palm Springs. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I have no desire to be down there. Mm. Well, Darren and I will go investigate. Okay. <laughs> <All right. laughs> go ahead. Uh, and then you participated in the uh, hockey challenge this past week. How was that, John? Uh, hockey challenge was great. So it was after the T-Birds game on Saturday that Andy was at. Huge success for the Ronald McDonald House. They ended up raising, I think, over on $185,000 for the house in that, that one day. My teams, I put two teams together to face each other. We raised 35000 So thank you to all the donors, wow. volunteers, participants, other team captains, players, and the Seattle Thunderbirds for opening the doors for that event. And it's been a, a huge, I've said it before, but a huge part of the hockey community in Seattle for a long, long time. It's something I got involved with shortly after moving here. And it's it's something I've always wanted to get involved in. And, and uh, I love it. And people have a great time and they raise a lot of money for the Ronald McDonald House. One quick, quick note. There was a, a kid captain playing for the team. He's 16 years old. His name's Jackson Howell out of Boise. Turns out he's staying at the Ronald McDonald House right now. Um, but he's healthy enough. He was healthy enough to play. He dangled people left and right it was pretty fun to see and uh you know he i think he had like four goals uh in that game so it was pretty cool um molly donner was also out there university of wisconsin mm. uh hockey player okay thank you uh, for she's a, nodding at me like that <laughs> yeah she's a she was a fan favorite and then the normal <laughs> i couldn't remember who she played for and he goes molly donner and then looks at me and i'm like yeah <laughs> 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 anyway, it was a it was a great event, and uh, look forward to it happening next year. Cool. And finally, our last Seattle related thing: the U.S. Challenge Cup starts this weekend. I know we talked about that when it got uh, first unveiled that they were doing this Bantam tournament here in Seattle. Yeah. So in case you don't remember, this is uh, something that the Western Hockey League is uh, putting on. They're sp- being sponsored by NHL Seattle and the Thunderbirds. Obviously, it's going to be happening in Kent all weekend, and there's. Uh, 12, I think, believe, of the top Bantam programs from both uh, Western Canada, like the BC area, and the United States. I believe there's a team from Dallas, from Alaska, from uh, San Jose Junior Sharks are going to be there, the LA Junior Kings. Uh, I think there's an Arizona team coming as well. You know, I, I asked General Seattle General Manager Bill LaForge, who's going to be scouting this, about these players, and he said quite flatly, there are future NHL players who will be playing in this tournament now. They're 14, so they got a ways to go. But mm. this is some of the top talent. This is We talk about the, the pipeline or the funnel. Of, of where players and prospects come from. This is one of the top parts of it. This is one of the beginnings of it. Uh, this is an attempt, a big attempt by the Western Hockey League to recruit more American-born players into the league. They want to get them here, get them into a WHL facility. They're all going to go to the Portland-Seattle game Saturday night, which should be fun and should be a big crowd. And they're, they're, it's a big recruiting tool for them. 
And then it's followed by the first ever Western Hockey League U.S.-only draft. It'll be a two-round draft coming, I believe, next week. It comes pretty quick. Oh, wow. Uh, very similar to how the import draft works, where all, all 22 WHL teams can select up to two U.S.-born players. Now, they can still do it in the regular band draft. You can still take U.S.-born players. But I think they're hoping that this might draw more attention to a kid living in L.A. who's maybe, maybe not familiar with WHL, finds out he was a first-round pick. That's got a little more weight to it than saying, oh, yeah, you were taken in the sixth round of the <laughs> WHL band draft as a flyer. So it's interesting to see how that works out. There's going to be some good hockey. There's going to be a lot of good players uh, that are going to be there. And uh, I believe it's all free. Most of the games are at the Shower Center. There's a couple that are at Kent Valley Ice, so you have to check the schedule online. But all the games are free. Uh, the Thunderbird Portland game isn't, but <laughs> the rest of the games of the Challenge Cup are free. I believe it concludes on Sunday. Cool. Uh, well, thank you for that update. Thank you, John, for the Seattle-related information. Let's move on to some <laughs> NHL talk. Very uh, formal, all of a Yes. So I had an idea. Uh, remember that the uh, Don Cherry uh, thing was called Coach's Corner, like C-O-A-C-H apostrophe S? Because it's like his corner and he used to be a coach. Well, I think when we talk about coaches, we should call it coaches corner, like the plural of coaches, like we're talking about coaches. You get yeah, it? Visual, so we're not visual. we're not copying. No, no, no. It's know. coach C O A C H E S. Also like corner. Like, and maybe we could make them like with K's. Like, I think like non-audible like wordplay is great for podcasts. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, anyway, so Coach's Corner. <laughs> do we have a theme music? Do we have, what do we have? It's going to be the exact same theme music that they use. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> uh, so Paul Maurice, we kind of thought that he might get canned yeah. in Winnipeg because they're not having that great of a year. Elliot Friedman had at one point uh, alluded to the fact that he could theoretically be a candidate for the Seattle job, which we all were – kind of thought it was a little bit of a stretch but when he says things it kind of goes right um but anyway he hadn't been excited this was his last year of his contract right so So no longer he hoping that he would get fired okay end up here no longer (laughs) is it his uh his last year of his contract because apparently he got extended for multiple years in winnipeg which is interesting he's the longest tenured coach um they're not having a great season they have a stacked roster they've never gotten over the hump so it just shows that kevin shovel day off there in Winnipeg really, really loves Paul Maurice as the coach and has every bit of faith in him. And that's all we have to say about that. <laughs> I like—I mean, I like Paul Maurice. I like Paul yeah, Maurice. I was, um, was kind of hope, really hoping yeah, that he'd I, be the guy. But. I was hoping he'd, he'd at least be a candidate. And, and Elliot yeah. Friedman, just to add a little more, he, the reason he didn't just pull that out of the air, there's a lot, apparently a lot of connections Maurice has with Ron Francis, so we thought that could be a good I don't get connection. that. Like, why, why do we always like, oh, he, they once played on a line. Like, I saw a reference to... Uh, Eisenman playing on a line yeah. with Gallant. I'm like, come on, like you got to be kidding me. Like that's fine. They're friendly, and you want to you want to hire somebody you trust. And but and it has happened in. in the past, though. I mean, uh, in it's Nashville. stupid. Yeah, yeah. I think it's a bad reason to hire somebody. But I think the reason that people talk about that is because it happens a lot. There's a lot of old boy network when it comes well, to coaches. Well, I mean, the thing is, the, the hockey world's pretty small yes. too. So you can probably find a connection with oh, everybody. Yeah, pretty much yeah, almost yeah. everybody. Yeah, that's true. So either way, like I think that Paul Maurice was a stretch to that oh he's got ties to ron francis no paul maurice is a good coach that's why he'd be get, yep. getting hired here well you know who is available for the seattle franchise suddenly <clears throat> is my guy bruce boudreau uh i was a little sad about this as a diehard minnesota wild fan and as you all ha- know and that it happened right after our podcast last week so you couldn't talk about it when it happened well we can talk about it now I mean, it happened a few days ago. I don't know. Yeah. Um, I just, I've always loved Bruce. I've always spoken very highly of him. I think he's, he gets, 
you know, kind of a bad rap because of the things that happened uh, over the years to him in the playoffs where he just, again, he's never gotten a team over the hump, but he's one of the winningest regular season coaches of all time. And uh, man, is he just fun to listen to in a press conference. So I'm, I'm sad to see him go. He seems like just a genuinely good guy. I've never personally met him, but um, I we, love we, Bruce. Well, I know I've heard he's a great, great human. Yeah. Right. Um, so that's, it's always disappointing, but it's part of it. But he wasn't even there that long. It was about three years, I think. Is that long? It's kind of long in today's NHL. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah. yeah. I mean, long enough for people to like really think like, okay, this is our coach. Now, the thing about it is that it was pretty widely speculated that this was going to be his last year. He was in the last year of his contract. Bill Guerin is the new GM there, and like every GM wants his guy, right? So um, I think if you read, Michael Russo did an incredible story about where he sat down with Boudreaux and his wife for a couple hours after he had been fired and Boudreaux gives a very real like human side of it to say like, well, this is why it sucks so bad to be fired. You know, people are calling me, I'm crying, all this stuff. But in that he, he mentions that he even expected that this was the last year that he was going to coach for the wild. But the timing of it was weird because they actually were playing That's... pretty well. They're kind of in the playoff hunt, which they absolutely have no business being because they right. actually suck. Right. Like, there was zero the expectations this year. The right? makeup of Maybe the roster the is horrendous. <laughs> so, I mean, exactly. Like they've had bad goaltending. Like yeah. Devin Dubnik has, even been playing because he's been so bad this mm-hmm. year like Alex Stalock and so anyway enough enough about that but well, I'm I'm sad to see Bruce go long yeah story that, short. that stinks but the t- as far as timing do you think he's Garen's kind of looking at the candidates out there right now and wants to kind of get a jump on it for potential hire them? maybe there's been no indication that they're gonna hire anybody though so well maybe that's a case but like okay so Lavery Lett's out there Gallant's out mm-hmm. there I mean maybe Babcock right like maybe Oof. Well, I mean, but I, I don't uh, talk about uh, going from like one of the most likable guys to one of the least likable guys. So that would it be would change the atmosphere. Right. right. Sure I'm just would. saying, I'm just saying maybe there's like, that's why he did it. Yeah. Because like, it makes no sense why he did it now. Yeah. I mean, we'll see. I, I think, uh, I, I don't want to speculate. I, I, there's been no indication that they're trying to hire somebody actively and right now. They put Dean, Dean Evison, who, uh, was an assistant for the last two years he was hired by Paul Fenton which I think is kind of odd he's not one of Garen's guys um, but he used to be the coach of the Milwaukee Admirals when he was in the Nashville organization so um, anyway that's that's that for Coach's Corner um, <laughs> <laughs> let's talk about the trades from this past week all right now it's gonna be fun this is very fun I want to start with Andy's big trade here your big trade uh-huh. C- congratulations on your big trade thanks uh, Tyler Toffoli yes. now Fascinating stuff with Tyler Toffoli because we mentioned him last week for episode 73, the Tyler Toffoli episode, right? He goes out in the stadium series game, scores all three goals for the Los Angeles Kings just a couple days after the podcast comes out. Los Angeles Kings win that game. We'll talk more about that in a little bit. Yep, exactly. And then (laughs) he gets traded from one of the worst teams in the league to one of the best teams in the league. It's like, man, we talk about a guy and all of a sudden... Here he is. So we'll, we'll He's like the news. one Let's of the biggest. Break down the trade for us. Okay. Yeah. I can't. I don't divin into that and <laughs> finish uh, my I'm sentence. <laughs> so the details of the trade are the Kings have traded to Foley to the Canucks for Tim Shaler. 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 29-year-old. Shaler going to work Shaler. I'll not be on the Canucks anymore. Shaler. Yeah. <laughs> Tyler Madden. Yeah. Uh, Northeastern guy. Uh, a 2020 second round draft pick and a 2022 conditional fourth round draft pick. And that pick. conditional, I believe, is if, if Defoli re signs with the Canucks. So if he doesn't sign, it doesn't have it? Yes. Okay. Um, 
it's an interesting trade. So it definitely is a trade where Vancouver's looking to go in. This is a now trade, not definitely a future one. Madden Hurts, giving up Madden Hurts. He was a top prospect. And the conditional, I believe the other pick, is the, is the second round a conditional? Uh, not that I have. Yeah, so that one, so they'll, they'll lose that one. They have a conditional first round. If they make the playoffs, they lose their <laughs> first round pick, which means they won't have a pick in the June draft until the third round if, if that if they make the playoffs, which they should make the playoffs. So they yeah. most likely won't. Toffoli's going to be a good upgrade for them. They see, uh, The Canucks need uh, another top six forward. They've kind of been, the, their top six play has been kind of stagnant. Of Besser's late. out. Besser is out for three weeks now, uh, which I think they announced on the same day as they made this trade. Yeah. I, I don't think that, I think they would, probably would have made the trade anyways, but uh so it's commissioning. I think he's definitely an upgrade. He's he's definitely you read all the analytics about him, like all his underlying numbers. He's a player who over his career has been a driver, you know, and he's made the guys on his line better. Slowed down a little bit the last couple of years, but he's also on an LA Kings team that's not very good the last couple of years. So that's the hope. I'm not sure if they're going to play him with uh, Bo Horvat or up with the Pedersen line. So I'll have to wait and see where they end up uh, actually deploying him. Um, but I think it's a I think it's a, a, a positive now for Vancouver. It's going to really help them. But God, it hurts to giving up a top prospect like that is kind yeah. of a sting. And, and, they yeah. paid for this. This was this was not a cheap deal. So and he is a rental. He's in the last yep. year of his deal. Unless so. they can try and sign him, but they could try to resign him. But they do have some salary cap issues coming up with mm-hmm. some of their young players. So and so that's where I start to look at. Um, mm-hmm. Toffoli will be protected wherever he lands. Yeah, more than likely. Um, so that would create a situation in Vancouver where they'd have to expose somebody. Uh, you know, maybe Jake Vertanen or somebody like mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. So, Shotgun Jake. Now. Jake. Now that Markstrom situation and goal is going to be the interesting thing because he's a UFA. And he's on fire right now. Yeah, if he, they don't sign him. And now there's some talk. You know, there was some talk that maybe they would trade him. There's some people who think they should trade him now, but I don't think they're going to do that because he's so playing so well. He's yeah. one of the reasons they are where they are in the standings right now. Then do you resign him? And if you do that, then you've got some right. goalie issues right. to deal so, with, and there well, can be a goalie available. Well, that and that's because everybody's thinking if Markstrom resigns, then Demko's available. Yeah, and so. Now, if Markstrom doesn't resign, then they start to look at the forwards because yep. there's some interesting uh, players that mm-hmm. would be exposed. Vertanen there. would be an interesting player. Yeah. He's, yeah. he's kind Jake's, of under. And I'm not saying he would be exposed, but he's right on the bubble. Yep. So I, it wouldn't surprise me if they did expose him. He's he was a first round draft pick who's never quite lived up to that. He was like I believe a top ten first round draft pick if, I'm, if I remember right. Yeah, and never quite lived up to that hype. He's had some flashes where he's been good. And he's he's a strong you know power forward type, and he's had he's had last couple of years have been probably his best. And you know he shows signs, but he's never when you think of like a, any kind of first rounder, I think you'd want more out of a guy. But you know you put him on an expansion team, and maybe he kind of resurrects his yeah. his career. And he's from Vancouver, so he wouldn't be too far from home living here. And yep, sounds good. I, I like. Like it. Um, I, like the, I like the trade. That's they could have used him Sunday yeah. at the game out. Though. I'm telling you that. They used to fully there. <laughs> that's a fair amount of Vanusha. Uh, so we should talk about the other trades as well. I was I just thinking. You wanted to make it Finusha. That, that was what you were. Well, that's the sharks. sharks. Yep. Oh, okay. But what about Kanusha? Like Canucks? Like Kanusha? That's not bad. That's not bad. That's not bad at all. Yeah. <laughs> I like that. The other trades. Nuck so notes. Andy Green <laughs> going to the Islanders from the Devils for. Uh, defenseman David Quenville and a second round pick. Andy Green is, yeah, he's fine. I don't know. He's, he's the like, captain of the team. I know. I mean, that's but, the interesting thing, right? Yeah. Like, he's like just kind of a stay at home oh, kind of a guy, oh, for sure. right? Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. it doesn't get me all that thrilled, but he's not going to race up and down the ice. He's no, like I don't 37 think so. Too. But I mean, the Islanders have plenty of guys that can race up and down the ice. Yes. So I kind of get why you would make that move. You know, if you want to make yourself better defensively, you bring in a solid veteran defenseman with a, a veteran voice in the locker room. I get that. I get the trade. I really do. Um, and then the other one, Blake Coleman, again, the devil's Blake Coleman going. Yes. Andy. 
Cody. Go ahead, go ahead, keep going. Sorry. Okay. Goes from the Devils <laughs> to the Lightning for Nolan Foot and a first rounder. Uh, people were worked up about this one saying, hey, this is the Lightning going all in. Well, I mean, obviously they're one of the best teams in the league. But does Blake Coleman move the needle for you guys as much as people are acting I, like it should? I know I he's like a solid Blake player. Coleman. I like Blake Coleman a lot. I think he's a he's a playoff type player. Uh, I don't know. I don't know if you know this or you remember it, but he he's he scored like two one-handed goals, mm. like fighting one guy off. Oh, early in the season, yes, he, he did I, it this season, game, and he did yeah. it like two yeah. seasons ago. And he's, I believe that one this season came like a shift after he like got his face busted open. Yeah, like he's <laughs> he's I, that's why I think he's like a playoff yeah, hockey player. A grittier guy. I like the trade. I like what New Jersey's doing here, though. Like, well, that was what I was going to get into before I forgot. Is this the beginning of them selling off pieces? Well, I think it's the right pieces, right? I, yeah. Like I I could. Imagine a couple more going, mm-hmm. right? Uh, I think um, Wayne Bannon, Simmons. Wayne Simmons would be an interesting one. Van, just well, got him, but but Simmons has only got a one year deal, yeah. so like, yeah, he's he's a rental. He can be yeah, a rental. he is a rental. Mm-hmm. He hasn't lived up to expectations. Nope. There's no point in holding. If somebody's interested, get something for him. Yeah, and then uh, I believe. Uh, uh, Do you think Subban's on the market? He's got that hefty salary with that's, him. That's that's that the could big prohibit debate. it. I think they but would trade New him. New Jersey they... could hold some of the salary. Yeah, so. But I like what New Jersey's doing, just getting low. And as far as as far as whether or not Blake Coleman moves the needle, I think on that team, it probably moves the needle more than it would be going to a team that didn't have as many other yeah. pieces already in place. Yeah, that's a good point. There's such a good mm-hmm. like to me, I heard a lot of people getting upset that like well, sort of upset that they were trading uh Madden right from the Canucks to get to Foley and it was like, Well, it's a move to go all in. And yeah. to me, going all in means like the Coyotes getting Taylor Hall, right? Like that's a huge move, like a giant splashy move. Like Toffoli is a, he's a good player, but he's more of a, like a depth. He's not like a top like line player, is he? he I, he's pretty good. Sure. No, he's a good player. You know what I mean though? He's not he's like not a superstar, you know, yeah, like, so going all in to me means that you're like selling the farm to get the absolute best player available. But well, I don't know. I feel like I they think could have sold a chunk of their farm. Like yeah, I was going like say, the, I think saying all like in is a little bit of a stretch. <laughs> right, right, yeah, right. Yeah. Like to, to maybe that's, I don't know who's but saying it is that. More, but it is more of a move for now. Right, right. I, well, the Athletic wrote an article about the, how that move was all in. All so in. I think yeah. that's where you They're it. all in. <laughs> in to make the playoffs. So I think being that's said, their, yeah. The Columbus Blue Jackets last year. That was all in. All in, right? And keeping their free agents was part of that too, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, anyway, interesting trades. There's definitely more to come. So one quick thing on the uh, the Blake Coleman trade. Um, he would have been protected by New Jersey. Okay. So now that probably moves up Nick Merkley. I don't know if you remember that prospect. Mm-hmm. But, but he'll probably move up and to be protected now. And now in Tampa, the question becomes who gets is Blake Coleman protected. Tampa's got. They're so loaded. There's going to be some loaded. But that means a good there. player could be right. and, uh, exposed. And so Tyler Johnson was always expected to be available. The man um, from Spokane. That's right. Yanni Gord also, and then Blake Coleman could be in that same mix. And then there's a, there's a couple other players that, that are probably right on the bubble that are good, good candidates uh, yeah. to be drafted. So Tampa, we're going to get somebody, some quality player out of Tampa. We alluded to the stadium series game and how it played out with Tyler to fully scoring all three goals for the Kings in a three to one victory. Uh, so the real story that came out of this weirdly, and this is kind of a crappy thing but in retrospect it's overshadowing a little bit the actual event itself is the fact that apparently a lot of the people that went to the game missed about two-thirds of the game because of traffic so that sucks yeah supposedly there was unplanned construction on Mm i-25 there was a a traffic advisory going out (laughs) and then not to mention it's on an air force base and so you have to kind of like check in yeah or you have to go through yeah and there's only two entrances in there now it is a football stadium that holds a certain amount of 
capacity. So you think they would have this down, like large but crowd coming? Air Force doesn't draw that well, and and I think a lot of people, other people, like uh, are more like maybe on the base or yes. whatever. And, and the students, the cadets, obviously are just walking down the street. And then uh, getting out was also a pain in the ass, and that was uh, supposedly there was a death near one of the yeah exits. somebody oh had an accident. And, yeah, yeah. Just wow. so they had to close off one of those two e- exits. Yeah, crappy situation all around. Yeah. Um, you know, I'm sure there's plenty of blame to go around, but hopefully they take precautions in the in the future to make sure that doesn't happen again. But yeah, that was brutal. Yeah, and uh, I mean, I, you can just imagine, right? Like, I I would picture myself in that situation. Like, and the people that Greg Wyshynski interviewed were like, "Oh, well, we left Denver at 3 p.m. for a 7 p.m. game, and we're or just 6 now." PM. Oh, okay, whatever. Like it was it was something like not crazy, that, though. Like not a, that much time. It should yeah. be a forty-five minute yeah. ride, yeah. right? And and they're like, well, we left at you know three p.m. And Air Force Academy put out a statement that was basically saying, well, we really appreciate the people that planned ahead and got here early, Ouch. right? And it was like they're talking like got there at like noon, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right. Those are the people that avoided the traffic. Three hours should be enough time. It should there. really be enough time. But I'm imagining myself in that situation where I'm like, okay, I'm gonna work until two because I don't want to take the day off or whatever. And then um, I'm going to leave early and I'm going to get on the road, which is plenty of time. And then you get in that situation and you're just furious and you spent many, all this money on tickets. And man, how many people had to destroy their hydro? Flasks I don't know. No Probably quite a few. <laughs> Probably quite a few hydro flasks that day were uh, sent to a, a peepee grave. Uh, and supposedly there was a lot of problems inside the arena, inside the stadium as well with with lines. Supposedly like, they, like concessions they, and stuff concessions or? and bathroom lines, like Man. just insane, just because they were not set up to handle this kind of crowd. We should talk about the game at least a little bit. So the the uniforms, I didn't think looked as bad as the like the the leaks. Right. I thought on the stage, I thought they were kind of cool. Um, I don't know. I we kind of dumped on them a little bit a few you weeks did. ago. I did. OK. And but I still stand by my statement that the chrome helmets were the stupidest thing ever. I still dislike white gloves. And uh, they did the thing with the even with the avalanche where they gave them the helmets with like the the big stupid logo on one side and the big number on the other, which is what they did to the penguins and the flyers last year. I hate it. I absolutely hate that look. So stop doing that. that But I didn't like that. That Captain America look on that with the A on the side of the helmets. Ugh, awful. I don't have that much hate in my. In my body. <laughs> I thought it was really cool that they put all the like the Air Force cadets seated right behind the net. Like, but there's no way that any of them could see the game, right? Like they're actually sitting on the field, like the football field, flat, just you know, behind in the boards. folding chairs behind the boards. Like none of them could see a thing. But still kind of cool and one would hope that they got into the game for free or whatever, but um I, would I don't think know. So. Yeah. They didn't get stuck in traffic, thank goodness. <laughs> One more note, the Carolina Hurricanes are actually, uh, It's it's been revealed that they're going to host an outdoor game next year. So it's stadium series though, right? Yeah. 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 Because Minnesota, of course, is hosting the Winter Classic, as we know. Of course. Um, of course. So that will be at the NC State Football Stadium. I know they've been clamoring for an outdoor game for a long time. So I saw a lot of people pretty excited about the idea I'm, of hosting. I'm, I'm really hoping they Carolina. make the playoffs and make it a little deep run to kind of increase uh, excitement. Yeah, which brings us to a topic that we wanted to discuss today, which is our biggest disappointments on this NHL season so far. John, what's your biggest disappointment? Well, it happens to be the Carolina Hurricanes. Oh, wow. Wow, those biggest. (laughs) No, I just, I I expected them to make a major step forward after a really good season last year and and probably be contenders for uh, the Cup, to be perfectly frank. Right now, they're on the outside in. I think they're going to still get into the playoffs but i'm a little disappointed they haven't been as exciting as i expected them to be and so 
that's my biggest disappointment. And they were, they were kind of in the spot last year, right? Like fighting to the end to get yeah. in. And yeah. Like, so will they, won't they? And I, and I think they're a better team this year. Yeah, so I would agree. Uh, that's, that's where I sit on that. Okay. Andy, what's your biggest disappointment my, aside from the two of us? <laughs> Mine, you guys are not disappointed. Oh, here, thank you. Oh, thank you. My biggest disappointment are the Florida Panthers. Mm. Uh, you know, last year they had a team that I think had like a top, one of the top scoring teams in the league at five on five. They had one of the top power plays in the league, but their goaltending was a problem. So they, they, Back a truck full of cash up to Sergey Bogoski's backyard, the front yard, <laughs> wherever, you, wherever you back a truck of money up to, and so that was going to solve it, right? That was going to solve it. They just, they just, uh, they needed a goaltender. Well, they're outside of the playoffs right now, and Bogoski has been terrible. And well, they got Quinnell too, right? Yeah, like, yeah, that's right. They uh, they hired uh, the, the coach that's going to win yeah. it all, who looks like the mascot. Uh, <laughs> True, <laughs> but Bogoski has a save percentage of eight ninety seven, which they're paying him what ten million a year. Yeah. That's, that's not good. That's not very good. That's a low rate of dollar per save that you're getting there. From so him. right now, Carolina and Florida are on the outside yes. of the playoffs, and Philadelphia and Columbus, Columbus are on the end. I could totally see that switching by the time the it, it could. Yeah, and over. Florida could still make the playoffs, and yeah. they've been in the playoff spot at times this year. That's been yeah, up and down, so. but they're. I, th- I think the expectation, at least for me, was that they'd be kind of a, a lock to make yeah, the playoffs. They'd yeah. be one of those top three spots, maybe, or top yep. four spots. As my biggest disappointment, we've talked about them a lot on this show, but the New Jersey Devils, I think, I came in expecting more from them. I didn't necessarily think that they were going to be one of the top teams, but I was excited for them to be fighting for a playoff spot based on the moves that they had made in the offseason, and it's just been a terrible season. They fired their coach, fired their GM, they're trading off pieces at this point, and they're in dead last, and it doesn't look good for Andy to get a free hot dish from one of us at the end of the season. I, I've no given up on that a long what, time ago. Open, what a pick. Open, like the first game of the year, I realized I was in trouble. Yeah. I blew a 3 nothing lead at home. I thought, uh-oh. Yeah. I mean, but even like the guys, like, like, you know, Jack Hughes, right? Like he's he hasn't been like lighting it up. He had a cool goal Turns last out week, he's not but. the best Hughes. Yeah. Well, right now. not yet. Yeah. No, Probably no, will no, be. Not the best Hughes. Oh, shut up. <laughs> yeah, but that's my New Jersey Devils. I just, I expected more from them and uh, we didn't get it, but whatever. We now move on to our segments, and we're going to start with nobody's favorite segment. <laughs> you don't know that. Isn't bad that Boys. Somebody? We're talking about Bad Boys. You thought I was going to do Goalie Your Corner, didn't you? There's, yeah, somebody, there's like, some listener out there who's like, who loves Bad Boys, and now it's disappointed. Yeah, that, yes. you're, now you're there because it's disappointed. They just high-fived somebody in the car like, yes, Bad Boys, great. Uh, all right, so here's what we're going to do this time. I'm going to read all of our Bad Boys uh, scenarios, and then we're going to sort of tie them all together. First one. Please hold your applause until the end. <laughs> Zach Cassian suspended seven games for kicking Eric Sarnak in the chest with his skate blade. Hmm. A little bit dangerous. Evander Kane suspended for three games for, was it for a dirty hit? What elbow. Did he, yeah, elbow. Okay. And he had this to say about it. The fact the NHL Department of Player Safety, this was in a statement on Twitter, by the way, headed by George Peros, continue to pick and choose who and what they suspend is ridiculous. There have been countless incidents of the same nature through this season and past seasons that have gone unsuspended or fined. No one person can tell you what is or isn't a suspension in today's game. It's become a complete guess. There is a major lack of consistency with NHL Department of Player Safety, a completely flawed, all caps, yep, <laughs> system in so many ways, from the suspensions to appeal rights. It's baffling to me how we as players agreed to this. You can't continue to give some players a pass and throw the book at others. There has to be an outside third party making these decisions to remove the bias that transpires 
in this department headed by George Peros. None of it makes any sense. Well, it should be an outside. Yeah. Well, that. Suspend him for that. He's, that's not like the thing that doesn't make sense. He's talking about the. Yeah. Uh, so the next one's the Dano Chara find $5,000 for cross checking Brendan Gallagher in the throat. And finally, Claude Julian gets fined $10,000 for making comments about the refs. So that's quite the roster there. That is quite the roster. And the boys have been bad. Evander Kane might have a point because like, if you look at it, right. I mean, the Chara thing was pretty dangerous. (laughs) Pretty brutal. Pretty brutal. He gets fined $5,000. So it's like the most slap on the wrist, slap on the wrist he could have gotten. And he literally threw a stick into somebody's throat. Mm -hmm. It was, it was bad. (laughs) Like that was pretty bad. Kane, on the other hand, I mean, he is also a repeat offender, right? Like he's been suspended before. So I think that they, but he's got a point. I mean, he's he's absolutely got a point with this. There, It is hard to understand exactly what they're punishing for in some of these cases. And I know that they do like the, do they still do the videos where they explain it? I haven't seen one. They, yeah, they put out a statement to, at least. You have to go find it. Okay. They, they also put out a statement. But anyway, he's he's got a point. Uh, the Cassian thing, I would have liked for him to get 20 games for that. That's if pretty, I'm that could have been really being bad. Honest. That how's was that, so dangerous. That, uh, contract extension doing for Edmonton? It's going to bring that up every week. <laughs> I agree with you. It's I not even fair episode, because I agree with you. Wade isn't, I mean, he's obviously here in the room because he's our intern, but he doesn't have a microphone, so he doesn't get to respond. So He's just sitting in the corner. Yeah. I saw that the uh, the Wade Classic was played the other day, by the way, the Coyotes <laughs> against the Islanders. But um, so all that inconsistency may have led to Claude Julian commenting about the ref, so it you, all played a role. You might think so. It's one yeah. big circle. Yeah, see how it tied it all together there? Yeah, just kind of crap, <laughs> but... It's a hard job. What George Peros has to do is a very hard job, and he, no matter what he does, somebody's going to dislike yes. it. It's like naming an NHL franchise, right? Yeah. <laughs> well, the one thing is, every time I see a suspension, not now, I didn't look at these, but when it's announced by like NHL PR or whatever, they issue a statement, and then I see a bunch of people like commenting, and people are like, "Oh, you have no idea what you're doing. He should have got 20." What? That's a suspendable offense? So, like, the fans are all over the map anyway. Yeah. yeah. So, I don't know. Well, depending on what team they're yeah, for. Right, exactly. And that's that's the crappy thing. Like, I tend to give him a lot of slack uh, here because I know it's a hard job. And I don't know the, the very fine detail that they, they go through. And I don't watch the videos to kind of go, oh, okay, they have a point. So, when I do, it's usually like, okay, I understand at least how they made the decision. Rarely do I take issue with it, but... In this situation, Kane kind of pointed out a, a couple examples. Like again, the Chara thing is like seems ridiculous. And then there was uh, there was another elbow Lawson Kraus gave to uh, Charlie McAvoy earlier, mm-hmm. like almost identical, and did not get a it's suspension. Knows, yeah. So it's kind of one of those funky things that I'm I'm like I, I know it's a hard job. I don't think anybody can do it well, to be perfectly frank. So whoever they put in there, uh, it's not. It's going to be a problem. Yep. We have a you don't see that every day. The Ryan Miller trade heard around the world where it was <laughs> – this is pretty great. It was basically – he was out for warm-ups and a little kid said that it had a sign. You know, they'll, they'll put the signs up against the glass. And the sign said, I'll trade you a box of Girl Scout Thin Mints for a puck. And Ryan Miller agreed. Flipped a puck over the glass, got a box of Thin Mints coming back the other way, skated off. He was pretty psyched after. Yeah, you can see his like shoulders. He was like popping his shoulders up when he went to the bench and gave to one of the the trainers. His (laughs) head was awesome. His wife tweeted like somebody was asking what happens to the Thin Mints, or she asked him what happened to the Thin Mints, and uh, his response to her was that he had them in his locker, like in a in a drawer, like saving it for his pregame snack for the following day. (laughs) Pretty awesome. That's awesome. I loved it. Uh, We now move on to our weekly one-timers. 
Our first weekly one-timer. Jason Zucker scored two goals for the Pittsburgh Penguins uh, in his second game. That was It was not his debut, I don't believe. I believe it, it was, was his not, second right. game with the team. And that's all make, we have to say about how'd that. How'd that make you feel? It, uh, whatever. Are I, you rooting for him? I am. Yeah. I am. I've always liked Jason Zucker. I think he's a good player. I think he's a very good human. He did a lot for the community uh, in Minnesota. I'm sure he'll do the same in Pittsburgh. And I said all along... I said it from the trade, right? I said, I think he's going to go in and be great for yeah, Pittsburgh because he's and playing with Sidney Crosby. So those Penguins could be a pretty dangerous team. Of course. Of course. As the Penguins were under the radar, which is surprising, but they're, they're good. Yeah. I'm happy for him. I want him to do well. So that's it. Our next weekly one-timer. NBC Sports uh, announced that they're going to do an all-female crew to call and produce a game between the St. Louis Blues and the Chicago Blackhawks. Uh, this is going to be on March 8th. And I think that this is just generally really cool. So all of the in-studio people are going to be women. You're going to have AJ Malesko, Kendall Coyne, Catherine Tappan, Jen Broderill will all be involved. And so AJ Malesko, Kendall Coyne, Kate Scott will be the ones calling the game. And then Tappan and Broderill will be in the studio. So. AJ Malesko works on the Islanders broadcast, yep. right? Yeah, but she also does NBC yeah, uh, some of, some games, games and, yep. and playoff games. But she, she's, she's good. She's on the national games she's really even good. mid-season. I've seen a lot of Islander games. She is she's, she's really, really good. good. I like her. Yeah. yeah, I love it. I will be watching. That's that's very cool. Uh, our next weekly one timer. We have a trio of big time injuries to big time players. Miko Rantanen out again. So in his game, well, it was yesterday against the Lightning, which the Lightning ended up winning. And, you know, they've won 10 games in a row. Yeah, they're, they're, they're back 11. to being the Lightning. 11, 11 games. Yeah. Excuse me. Uh, 11 games in a row. They're heater. decent. Some would. I wouldn't. Um, <laughs> but Ronson breaks his collar. Well, allegedly breaks his collarbone. I know it's an upper body injury officially. Adrian Dater had tweeted that it, he thinks it's a broken collarbone, which means six to eight weeks. Which so leave to Adrian Dater to speculate about something. I mean, he's on the inside, though, at the Avalanche. Meh, all right. Okay. Not my isn't favorite. he? Not my favorite. Sure, fine, but isn't he connected with the Avalanche? Sure. Okay, so, but he <laughs> says six to eight weeks. Uh, officially, it's an upper body injury, so that's regardless. I mean, that's a huge that's loss rough. for Ronson. And yeah. He's already missed a lot of time yeah. this season, and we'll see how that plays out. Obviously, big loss for them. They also, at least for, I don't know how long, but for some period of time, they lost Philip Grubauer in the stadium series game too. So Kadri's out. Like we, we didn't, we didn't talk about it last week, but Kadri's been, is is out for a couple more weeks. Mm. Also, Eric Carlson. Yikes, John breaks. uh, What is it? His thumb. So he's out for the remainder of the year. Uh, fortunately his handsome face remains intact, but that's not, that's a big loss. I mean, why didn't you pick the sharks by the way, as your biggest disappointment? Aren't you disappointed by them this season? Uh, I'm disappointed by them. And I, I don't am, even root for I, them. I didn't expect them to be, I expect them to make the playoffs, but that's about it. Mm, like okay. I, like I, I do a stack rank at the beginning of the year and I pick them for 14th. Mm, interesting. Stack. Uh, now keep in mind right now, um, Couture's out Hurdle's and out. Hurdle's out. Yeah. Carlson's out. I mean, and they may start trading some guys now, like Brendan well, Dillon. There's not that many players to trade, yeah. to be perfectly yeah. frank. Uh, yeah, so it'll be Brendan Dillon if you trade. So yeah, just adds if adds to the disappointing season, but there's not nothing much to solve. But Dylan Gambrell's playing. Yeah, he scored. Alexander True is playing. He scored twice in the last yeah. what two games? Did you yeah. see where True? It appeared that Alexander True scored his first NHL goal, and then they reviewed it and it went off somebody else. So it was Gambrell. Got, I'm pretty it. sure it went to Gambrell. Yeah. So he ended up getting an assist. So. Yeah. For a moment, thought he had scored his first goal. Mm. Yeah. Okay. And Brock Besser out three weeks. We actually already mentioned that one, but he had some sort of fracture in his rib, like the cartilage in the ribs. I didn't know you could fracture the cartilage. Only hurts when you breathe. 
Yeah, yeah. So there we go. <laughs> Ribs are a long way from the heart, Brock. <laughs> Breathing's not that important in, <laughs> in, in hockey. Uh, yeah, but I mean, obviously a, a big loss for your Vancouver yep. Canucks. But well, out three weeks, but that's not even right. I think it said he was going to be reevaluated in three weeks, yes. so we don't really know how long he'll be out. But um, big loss. Our next weekly one timer. Kyler Yamamoto of the Spokane Chiefs and now the Edmonton Oilers, uh, basically averaging a point a game since he got called up. How do you like that? He's also the man from Spokane. Okay. Yeah, yeah. that's true. It's a good point. He's a kid from Spokane. Kid from uh, did, I, I don't what's know the I ever, difference? I don't know. Like he's a man, man now. And a kid. Right. Okay. Anyways. Yamamoto's, yeah. Oh, no, kid from Spokane doesn't rhyme. Right. Uh, so Yamamoto, I don't know if I shared this, but Yamamoto <laughs> got skating lessons from Tyler Johnson's mother. The man from Spokane. Yeah. Z- mother you did share that at some point yes, but it had yeah. to have been last year <laughs> yeah so yamamoto is playing with dry and that's that has value it does apparently mm-hmm. and yeah. what's nice is with Connor mcdavid out they need scoring from wherever they can and so it's it's nice to see yamamoto and dry really stepping it up uh to for a playoff push has yamamoto kicked anyone with his skate blades no Okay. Uh, our next weekly <laughs> one-timer, <laughs> Jeremy Roenick, not returning to NBC. Aww. I swear somebody said that on this yeah, podcast. It was, it was hypothesized that that might be the case. Where are we going to get I terrible didn't, analysis? I, it was it pretty now. clear, yeah. Now well, they still have Milbury. Well, okay, sure so the, the, the co- <laughs> some other context on this. He released a statement on... Yeah, it was not good. ...on Twitter. And a video. the video was very non, like... Apologetic, not like realizing what he's done in the video, but the video was like, okay, it was a PR thing. Yeah. But then he tweeted, what a joke. And do like, this video, yeah. So clearly, like, he hasn't really learned his lesson or doesn't think he did anything wrong, as far as I'm concerned. I won't miss him. I won't miss him either. I wonder where y'all show up, if he will at all. I have a theory, but I'm not going to say what it is. Um, no, I don't think so. Coach's Corner. Maybe. Our next weekly one-timer. The Sedins did, in fact, have their numbers retired. Uh, It was a pretty cool. I actually, I watched the thing. And Kevin Bieksa was a star. Kevin Bieksa was outstanding. He did like a a roast, basically, which was very, very funny. Which he started off saying he wasn't going to roast them and then talked about all the things he would have said if he were to roast them. Right. (laughs) (laughs) And roasted them. Yeah. Yeah. It was good stuff. Uh, cool event, I'm sure, as a diehard Canucks fan. Oh, I watched a second of it. Yeah, yeah it was I'm awesome. I'm sure you enjoyed uh, it. I even enjoyed it, and I'm not a Canucks fan. Well, another cool little thing on there is so they brought he brought back most of that 2011 team uh, that the Sedins asked him personally, all those guys to come back. So Roberto Luongo was there. But the Ryan Kessler reception. So Ryan Kessler begged his way out of Vancouver near the end of it. And his end of his stay there did not go over well. He kind of was feuding with the team, and fans weren't really thrilled with him. So he actually said beforehand he was a little nervous about walking out on the ice but he got a huge ovation and you could tell it affected him like he yeah. was a little emotional and, and kind of really appreciative of it and every time they mentioned him the crowd roared and so that was kind of cool to see that so apparently all those heels those wounds have been healed so all those cool heels have been wounded. heels have been wounded yeah uh. <laughs> that, was, that was a great so if really, you really haven't well seen done, yeah if you haven't seen the BX video, oh, it's awesome. Watch it. He's re- he 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 roast not just the Sedins, he roasts everybody else too. And, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And Luongo and Kessler and Alex Burrows. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and that wraps up our weekly one timers. We close the show with games on the radar. Andy, what do you got for your game on the radar? I have the aforementioned. Is it a four or a four? A four. The aforementioned. <laughs> Tampa Bay Lightning. 
uh-huh. who will be in Vegas to take on the Golden Knights on Thursday. Okay. Now, last year, this game happened earlier, and it was a big watershed moment for the Golden Knights. They beat Tampa Bay, who at that time was the best team in the record. So it's kind of a rematch of that, but two good teams going at it, so it should be a fun game. Cool. Excellent use of watershed. John, your game on the radar? <laughs> you know, I'm going uh, Flyers at Columbus. Both of those teams are playing for a playoff position. I haven't watched either team too much and so if they make the playoffs i want to kind of get studied up on them see what they look like so weren't uh, you i thought you were a columbus insider like literally last week i went there. to one game yeah and uh, an ohio state game poked your head into a practice as a city as you a said city. you poked your head into a practice I did, but i haven't seen them play that mm-hmm. much okay uh interesting though that those are like the two teams that you just mentioned as like oh well they're that's in, right right so yeah, hey, they're i know playing each I other know, yeah oh you you knew what you're doing there okay uh no it was it was, it was coincidental <laughs> Uh, and I have the Bruins at Canucks, Andy's Vancouver Canucks, uh, hosting the Boston Bruins on Saturday at 7 p.m. Pacific. David Pasternak and Brad Marchand are like, they're becoming must-watch hockey, unfortunately, which I don't love. But <laughs> Pasternak, is he still, I think he's leading the league with goals yep. and points, if I'm not mistaken. No, he's leading it only in goals, but Dreisaitl has him by 13 oh, on yeah. points. <laughs> Dreisaitl's actually closing in on 100 points already, which is uh, pretty remarkable, but... Pasternak already has 42 goals. You know who else has 42 goals? Tell us. Austin Matthews. I feel like as as heavily as that team is covered, I didn't realize that he and had we scored don't, We, we that really much. don't talk about him that much. No, sure. no. I mean, other than leaf piles, but... Oh, that, that was a late leaflet, I was going to say. Yeah, late, late, a, late, show a late leaflet. But <laughs> that's a long way of getting to my game on the radar, which is <laughs> Boston at Vancouver on Saturday. Uh, Austin Matthews will not play in that game. You're right. Team's worth watching. That wraps up episode 74 of Sound of Hockey, uh, the Mark Borowiecki episode. Let's see what happens with him this week because Tyler Toffoli had a week to remember after we mentioned him last week. So we'll see what happens <laughs> this week. Uh, tune in next week. Hey, leave your review on iTunes. And if you do, then we'll read it. We didn't have one to read this week. So that was just devastating to us. Um, devastating. Devastating. Uh, subscribe on iTunes. Subscribe on Stitcher. Subscribe on Spotify. And we'll talk to you all next week for episode 75. Cheers. Cheers.